Hey everyone, this is Patrick. Welcome to part two of our podcast episode. Just to let you know, we will have a new episode next week. It will be our 100th episode. It will be released on December 1st. So in the meantime, enjoy your Thanksgiving and enjoy the rest of this episode. But anyway, on to our next segment. What is it? We're watching you, watching you, watching you, watching you. Yes, it's time for We Like to Watch. And what did you watch this week, Tommy? I gotta be honest. Okay, be honest. I've been honest. Yes, you have. I haven't been seeking out much television. Okay. Okay. A couple of reasons. I watched RuPaul. Of course you did. Of course I did. He's in England. Getting down to it now. It's very cool. Um, I like the English Queens. I said something about her wardrobe. Yes. uh, Yeah. Okay. It continues to kick ass overseas. But I got I got the new Streisand biography. Okay, and how's that? It's fantastic. Yes, it's each page is like confetti and streamers and party <laughs> hats come bursting from the page. So I haven't been doing much of anything else. Okay, except that biography, and it's nine hundred pages. It's nine hundred some pages. It's like yes. a thousand pages. You're as long up. as the brothers Karamazov. I'm telling you, Jesus. But it's vi- like okay. I've been reading the Barack Obama book. Okay, for three years. Oh my God. Okay, and I love that book, but it's very dense. Yeah, I'm sure. There's a lot of information delivered very dryly. And I like it because I hear it in his voice. Of course. Similarly, I hear this memoir in, in her voice. Okay? Like, she writes she writes about something and she writes, listen, like, listen, comma. I'm not saying I was the only one. You know, it was like, like, it's conversational. You, I can, Who writes the word listen to make a point in a book? Right. You know what I mean? Like, so you hear her syntax. You hear the way she talks. You yeah. hear her language. And um, to me, Barbara is... A goddess. She's, no, she's like the <laughs> goddess. You know what I mean? She's like, she's all of it. She's everything. She was my, absolutely my adolescence. Absolutely my coming out. Okay. She was completely involved with. She made it possible. She was there and even, you know. She was so too this, old for Yentl. She was too old for Yentl. She was too young for Dolly. Yes. Uh, so where does a girl like that win? Listen, I'm not saying... Yeah, and that's what the book sounds like. Uh, and it's a lot of fun, and it's very, it's it's to an extent silly, because you think about it, and here is this woman who is now where? What is she sitting on? Who is she with? What is she wearing? What kind of troubles does she have? Where is she? Where is her house? Right. You know, what's going on in her life? Uh, and she's talking about living in a six-story walk-up with two other girls, and uh, in the 60s, and the, working at the Bonsoir, and it's just, it's a lot of fun, and it's, it's, um... Sucked me in. Oh, cool. And it has taken my attention away from most other things, to be perfectly honest. Nothing wrong with that, then, I guess. It's, 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 I didn't, I knew I was, I knew I was going to be excited about the book, but it's been a long time since my adolescence and since my coming out. And, and so uh, her releases of albums. So it's been a long time. Yeah. And there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that she's mentioning that's just bringing up holy shit holy shit holy shit i remember that yeah it's just awesome that's cool it's uh, yeah a book like that is yeah right it's cool. awesome big it thumbs up then big thumbs up for the book but it's not watching anything but that's okay sometimes you know later like to read is okay too later <laughs> on in the night the words start to move around <laughs> so maybe that uh yeah rupaul and um news 
pretty much constantly. It's just always on. Yeah. It's just, a, it's my background noise. Okay. Yeah. Well, I watched a lot this week. What did you watch? First, on YouTube, I watched this documentary called The Elia Kazan and the Blacklist. Oh. Which really was quite informative and interesting. It I sounds really right up your that. fudge, right up your fudge road. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm a history geek, so that was like right Elliot up my Kazan, alley. The communists. What's his name over there in the Senate? What's his name? Joe McCarthy. McCarthy. Well, what this it mostly centers on is about Elia Kazan, who named names to the House on American Activities yes, Committee. Which is investigating the supposed communist infiltration of Hollywood. Right. Now, what I didn't know was that the names he gave were names that were already given. Which is the same thing. I did not know that part. They said the same thing about Jerome Robbins. Oh, I didn't know that That, either. That he had given names that were only already given. He suffered a lot more than Ilya Kazan did. Ilya Kazan didn't suffer at all. No, he didn't. Because... In response to his critics, then, he made the movie On the Waterfront. Right. To basically justify what he did. And it showed Marlon Brando in near pornographic beauty. Oh, and On the Way. Great. So it is a great movie. There's he, no denying it. I'm talking about the aesthetics of Marlon Brando specifically. Yes. The movie, the plotting, the filming, the videography the, aside. Yes. Marlon Brando as a physical specimen of uh, man. Okay. Beautiful. Yes. Beautifully photographed. Yes, he is. Beautifully costumed. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Not the 600-pound pile of mashed potatoes he would die as. No. But listen, I'm on my way. Uh, yes, you are. Yes, I am. But anyway, I also had forgotten that he and Arthur Miller didn't speak to each other for like 10 years after he had testified. Yeah. And Arthur Miller had written in retort to On the Waterfront, he wrote the play A View from the Bridge. Okay. In which the informer in that show got punished for informing. You know, where are you standing on this line? Are you Arthur Miller? Or are you... Ilya Kazan, Jerome Robbins, and you know... Like- well, it's what's like, Ilya Kazan's career didn't suffer at all. No. And they said that even if he had refused to give names, he always could have gone back to Broadway to direct. Yeah. Ilya Kazan is a name that maybe 25,000 people in the world know. You know what I mean? So, so... Well, it became a big thing again when he was given the, what, the Lifetime Achievement Award, yeah, the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. which he And deserved. then it became, it became a big controversy all over again. The, this, the search for, for communists in the American government was, again, an anti-American move by somebody who was playing on fear... Yeah. We have to get these people. I mean, I, I saw the list of people who were blacklisted, not only by the committee, but by this magazine called Red Channels at the time, and all these people whose careers were ruined. Some Completely ruined. Who even committed suicide or died prematurely because of the pressure and tension that this was all causing to them. Who had no intention of overturning anything, and who were expressing their rights as American citizens. Yeah. To do whatever the fuck they want to do. It was not illegal to be a member of a, of of a, a communist, communist party. party. And people forget. Get, when it a lot still of, isn't. When a lot of these actors and ho- people from Hollywood joined the party, it was usually during the 30s and early 40s when the Soviet Union was considered an ally against Hitler and the Nazis. They were fighting fascism. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they it's were fighting fascism like we were. Yeah. And that's when a lot of these people joined up with the party. Yeah. And a lot of them didn't. They were you know, a lot of them just like, oh, I went to a few meetings, that was it, you know, I never did anything else. If only a drag queen would write a play about this. 
I believe one did. I believe one did too. I directed it called Red Scare on the Sunset. Placed it in California, yeah. Which is pretty much where you have to play such a thing. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's yeah, I mean and with are we back there? Who's the next one? I know who's gonna be next now. Is it the guy from Florida? What's his name? Oh, DeSantis. DeSantis? No. The the Senator. Marco. Little Marco. Marco Rubio? Yeah. Oh please don't even hear about him anymore. Is he gonna create that I mean who knew about Tommy Tuberville? Oh please, that asshole. I mean who's it gonna be? Who's gonna which senator is gonna lead the well, they don't have control of the Senate. It won't be a senator, it's gonna be Trump. Trump will be the new McCarthy. Yeah. Trump will be the new McCarthy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's very crazy. Like I say, it's a good documentary. It's, it's free on YouTube. Give it a watch. What's it called? Uh, Ilya Kazan and the Blacklist. Yeah. It's about two hours long. I'm probably going to watch that just to give it a numbers boost. Okay. Like I say, ain't nobody going to know who Ilya Kazan is anymore. Well, I'm going to put that on our bonus material. Yeah, you so. And then I also watch, which I know you haven't watched at all because you're not interested in the superhero genre. Yeah, not at all. We watched the second season of Loki on Disney. Okay. Which was... Excellent. It was even better than the first season. Loki? Loki. Could you spell it? L-O-K-I. Japanese? No. American. It's a Marvel comic uh, movie. Well, but this was a TV series. Tom Hiddleston played Loki. Any Asian people involved at all? Kei Kwan was in the uh, was in this uh, season. Actually. Loki just sounds like such an Asian word or it, reference. It was a Norse god of mischief. Uh, so, so, so you're definitely in the wrong I'm area of the globe. Wrong. <laughs> but anyway, I thought the second season was even better than the first. Big thumbs up on that. Okay, Loki gets a thumbs up. Definitely one of the better Marvel products that have come out in the past year or so. Uh, yeah. Marvel's been a, on a downhill trend. Somebody's made it something. Um, uh, a superhero movie just came out and flopped. The Marvels have totally flopped. Okay. It cost like two hundred and fifty million to make. I think it made like forty-seven million on its opening weekend. Which is considered a flop. Okay. So, um, how am I supposed to feel sorry for these people? No. 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 Marvel made its own bet on this, you know? They're putting out inferior product, you, you know? You put on a flop, you get a flop. Yeah. And you're still paying everybody way too much fucking money. Yeah, that too. That too. You're spending $250 million on a movie? The fuck? That's a quarter of a billion dollars on a movie? Yeah. The fuck? So, that was the story on Loki. We also watched a movie on Netflix that... There seem to be a lot of good reviews about, so I figured, all right, let me check it out. It was cool. It was called The Killer. Okay. It starred Michael Fassbender as okay. a hired assassin. Sounds good so far. Directed by David Fincher, who directed the movie Seven. Okay, sounds good so far. And it's all about this hired assassin. He's hired for this job. He screws it up. He cleans up the job, but then I guess the people who were he who hired him are now coming after him. So now he's going back after them. Okay. Sounds like a subject that only Michael Fassbender could make sense of. Well, the movie is told all from this character's perspective, and he's totally cold, emotionless for most of it, spots all these cliches and sayings that, I guess, keep him in the moment or whatever. Any nudity? None worth remembering. Unfortunately, none of him. Because, <laughs> yeah, we know about him. Because I'll watch a bad movie. As, have as long as I have Michael Fassbender naked. Ass. Right? Yeah, I'd watch that. But this movie, it was just slow and methodical and just plodded along. The best parts of the movie was this one great fight scene where, spoiler alert, this other character literally gets it in the end. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even describe how. And then there's this, like, Hopefully short... With some lube. There's, like, a 10-minute scene with Tilda Swinton. 
who I love. Great okay. actress. I wish she had been in more of the movie, because she was the best part of the whole fucking movie. Okay. She really was. Otherwise, it was a big letdown. It was really disappointing. Well, not everybody hits a home run every time. Nope. Then we watch this other movie. It was actually, well, they made it into like a four-part series on Netflix called All the Light We Cannot See. Okay, I heard about this. It was a book, won a Pulitzer Prize. I had read the book a number of years ago. Pulitzer or Pulitzer? I'm like, is it Pulitzer? I'm Maybe it is. You. I don't know. Maybe it's Pulitzer. You I always said say Pulitzer out of force. Pulitzer. All right. Whatever. I don't know. Pulitzer, whatever. But anyway, it won that award. Oh, good for them. And it's, it's the story of these two young people, a young German, uh, guy, young German kid who's like a whiz at radio Radios and this young blind French girl. How do you become a wizard? Radios like you at repairing them radios and stuff. And the story eventually it culminates in the two of them eventually meeting during the war. Okay, but it tells their story separately. Who is she? She's a blind French girl. And he's a German... And he's a German... Nerd. Nerd who gets dra- basically dragged into the army because of his prowess with radios. Where do they meet? What? Where do they meet? Eventually in France. In France. In the town where she lives. That would have to be. Yes. But, um... Because she blind in the 1940-something. She ain't going nowhere. The book was... Great. It's a little different from the book. I mean, you're never going to catch the lyricism of the book. Oh, there's a book? Oh, yeah. That's what I said. It's based on a book that won the Pulitzer Prize. I thought the movie won the Pulitzer Prize. No, the book. Okay. 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 <laughs> Sounds beautiful. So, it's yeah, it is. It was really good. Uh, Hugh Laurie appears in it also. I love him. Yeah. He's as dry as... <laughs> He's, he's such a good actor, he's I think. so good. And he does a good job. He has a supporting role in this. He's really, really good. I definitely, a big thumbs up on that. What's it called? All the Light We Cannot See. Yeah, see, I'd stay away from that. That sounds sort of... The one thing I really didn't like in it, Mark Ruffalo was in it, playing the French girl's father. Now, no one was doing like the French characters were doing French accents okay. and the German characters. Were, everyone's talking in English. They're mostly English actors. Okay. Mark Ruffalo had this weird accent all through it. And I'm like, it's not English. It's not French. What is this accent he's doing? It just sounded so weird. Maybe some, like, little town from Poland? I don't know what he was trying for, but it was a weird accent. First of all, Mark Ruffalo as daddy has totally different implications to what you're describing. I said father, not daddy. Yeah, but I... (laughs) I'm interpreting as I go along. Oh, okay, you do that. Then lastly... Holy shit, did you ever leave the couch? I know. Uh, Well, what it is, I always hand my rehearsals way before 10 o'clock. I don't keep people at rehearsals all night long. I agree with that. So, I said, and we've had most of the rehearsals here at the house most of the week. What time do you get up in in the morning? In the morning, usually about 9 or 10. Every morning? Yeah. Up, up and out of bed? Depending on when I'm working. If I'm working in the morning, I get up earlier. Do you nap? No. Okay. Generally not. Right. Uh, you might want to consider naps. Why? Because you get cranky. Do I now? You do. Oh, okay. Look, I continue. I'm sorry. I, I know you don't like my rants. Not your, your rants are fine. It's your tangents. Tangents. Then lastly, I don't know if you watched it at all. Did you see this past Sunday's episode of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver? No. Watch it. I'm a huge fan. Watch this episode. What's it called? It's all about the Israel-Hamas war. Okay. Oh, God. And this show gave the best analysis and summary and understanding of the whole conflict. Better than 
anything I've seen on any fucking news program. It's such a knock. In 30 minutes, yeah. they do this. He's he's. We've talked about him more than once. He's fucking brilliant. Yeah. His writers are fucking brilliant. The show deserves every Emmy that oh it's got. Oh, my God. And, and, and it, I don't know why he's not Walt Cronkite, Mr. Rogers. He's not the person we look to. Yeah. He's fucking brilliant. And what uh, I liked about when, when he said, he's like, I'm not offering any solutions. No, yeah. And he even alluded to the fact, you don't want a solution to, from some guy with this accent. From me. Because right. <laughs> of the British having the mandate in Palestine uh, back but, then. But but it's such a knot that, that the, the whole Middle East, you know, you start around Jerusalem and you can spread it out till you get to fucking Saudi Arabia. Of course. And it's just this enormous knot of hate. But what what I he ends up saying without saying explicitly is that this current conflict could be resolved were it not for Hamas and the current Israeli government leadership. Hold on a second. The whole situation is because of and about Hamas. Now, I am not a fan of Bibi Netanyahu. No. I got to tell you, I'm one of those people who sits on the line is, can I can I don't like Israel and still not be anti-Semitic? Can I still like all my Jewish friends if I think that Israel itself is maybe has a problem or two? Even the Israeli government, most of them want Netanyahu out of office. They wanted him out before all this because of the whole controversy over trying to restrict the Israeli Supreme Court's jurisdiction over yeah, well, government uh, laws. Yeah, he's he's and they are of course blaming him now for Israel not being aware of this attack. What was that? How long were those people I saw Well one of the reports I had read was they had stopped monitoring radio communications like a couple of years earlier. Alright I'm between talking about, Hamas and the I'm talking about October seventh. Okay. Okay. I heard something today. I after, like I said, it's on in the background. Yeah. It was that the Hamas were wearing body cameras. Yes. And of those who died, the Israelis collected. Yes. Those things. Yes, they did. And so they showed some of it. They had, they put they compiled it into like a, like a forty three minute film called Bearing Witness. It's it's which br- showed all the atrocities. We haven't even it's not even been brutal. released to the public. Okay, uh, CNN played a couple of minutes of There's an hour been, long yeah, tape. clips. But what I'm saying is, how long did those? How long were those guys in Israel before? It was a couple of hours. An alarm was raised. Or before any military intervention from Israel took place. Exactly. How long were they in Israel? I think people were describing hiding in shelters for hours yeah. before there was any type of military intervention from Israel. I mean, the big show started about like 7 8 o'clock in the morning. I, I guess, yeah. Yeah, it was at that it was at the um the music festival. Which was in well, that was thing. one of the places. But they, they evidently cut through a fence or some shit. Yeah. And hit among the shadows for hours and uh, you know the Israeli defense is the kind of thing where you people throw their hands I, I'd go up against my mother-in-law before I go up against the Israeli defense. exactly that was always his reputation yeah, yeah, yeah. and then this happened and now they like said a lot of the Israeli people want Netanyahu gone. They blame him for this attack being allowed to happen in yeah. the first place. Well, somebody, somebody was, asleep. and people, are, people also think that he's 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 using this, this to maintain his place in power. Hamas is a horrible thing. Of course, it's people a terrorist who fund organization. Hamas is a horrible thing. But not every Palestinian in the Gaza Bank 
is is a member of Hamas. Right. And that's one of the things John Oliver points out. He goes, the last time there was a free election was in 2007. That was the last time there was ever an election in Gaza. Yeah. There are people who have been born and grown up since, since then. Since then, yeah. You know? Yeah. But I I highly recommend you watch that episode. I would watch anything. Even the most... I never miss his show. In main topics. Yeah. That he has. And the way he makes them so relevant and like, He's, wow. He spends that 22 minutes, which nobody else on television does. Well, actually, Anderson is starting. But he's, he spends... John Oliver spends 22 minutes, which is the average length of an American sitcom, talking about one topic. Yeah. He will make you horrified, and he will make you wet your pants yeah. in the same 22 minutes. Yeah. He's just so smart. And his, like you say, he untied that knot. I've been hearing about Hamas and Palestinians and, and, and uh, for. Forever, I'm I'm 400 years old. This is and like I said, ending. and this show just makes things so much clearer yeah. to your understanding. Yeah, I believe. Uh, what's no matter what side of the conflict you're on, it just gives you a clearer understanding. Well, that's the other thing about him too is that he seems to present things. Listen, do I think he leans left? I think he leans. Uh, yes, left. Oh, definitely. I, I yeah, I think, I I think he leans saying. left. Okay, um, how he dresses, I don't know, but I think he leans. <laughs> he. The way the information is presented, and maybe it's because of clever editing. Yeah. Or, you know, some sort of magical mystery deep state Hollywood thing. But he seems to present fact-based things kind of empirically. Yes. Like, this is true. Yeah. This is what happened. And you know how we know? Because watch this. And this is what happened. Yeah. So he seems to present things like that. I'm not sure if I'm being brainwashed by, like I said, the deep state and watching these But I'm sure anything say, that he says on his show, you could look up and have verified. Uh, I'm, know? I'm positive of that. And that may be only his accent. <laughs> that makes him much more believable and much more, uh, what do I want to say, uh, have much more credibility. Yes. Because of the accent. Yeah. yeah. So, All right, yeah. what's next? Where are we? What is next? We now move on to our next segment. God, I'm you you're so stupid. Yes, it's time for stupid people. I should have fucking bought a pillow. And <laughs> and for this week, we got, well, we have one group of stupid people and then one lone stupid person. Let's go with the lone stupid person first. Okay, well, we don't know his name because the person who reported this kept it anonymous. Okay. The per This person, well, he was a service member and uh, he didn't say what ar what army, what armed forces he was in, whether uh, it was Navy, Army, or whatever. But he has a commander who he described as some sort of evangelical Protestant who believes his first priority is to coerce anyone he works with to accept and become baptized into his Christian faith. Well, this commander wanted to have a traditional Puritan Thanksgiving, which he made a mandatory event for all his subordinates, oh God. in which he would read the Puritan Pilgrim Prayers, and he also commanded everyone to appear in appropriate pilgrim attire. You have to stop. Except for this one service member who was a Native American, and he told him to dress in his best Indian clothes. I'm dead. You're making this up. I wish I was. I wish I was. Where is this located? Where is this happening? Uh, it, he kept this all anonymous, but he reported it to the, not only his military commander's superior, he reported it to the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. Okay, so wait, you have to stop and you have to indulge me because I can't. Okay. This is a guy mm -hmm. who is actively serving in the military. Yes, a Native American. He is a Native American yes. serving in the American military. Yes. He is... 
We don't know where. We don't know where. He said he kept it all anonymous. His platoon leader, or the people in charge of where he is, yes, have instituted this Thanksgiving dinner, yes, and instructed him to appear as a Native American, yes, while everybody else is instructed to appear to appear as the Puritans would have at the time, which means. Big hats and fancy buckles on your shoes. Well, also, he, he one of the things that was pointed out when I was reading about this, the pilgrims, the, the Puritans didn't celebrate the first Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pilgrims did. Yeah, The pilgrims yeah. and Puritans were two separate groups. You're splitting The hands. Puritans settled the Massachusetts Bay Colony 10 years after the pilgrims came and settled the Plymouth Colony. This is why they hate education. <laughs> Okay, because can't they all just be white guys in big hats and buckled shoes? They hate education. It splits hairs. But it doesn't... It, what I'm saying is this guy is active military right now today. Yes. And this happened? And this him? happened. So he reported to this, this organization, as I said before, the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. And they told him, oh, yeah, this happens a couple of times a year during this time of year. We get this all the time. This happens before. So... He reported to his his commanding officer's superior with a report from the organization detailing past instances. The superior calls in the service member and the commanding officer, says, you're not going to have this event. It's canceled. As they're walking out of the commander's office, out of the superior's office, the commander, who was just reprimanded, says something about his boss being woke. Oh, God. And the superior heard this. So he yanks him back into his office. Can I interrupt reams you? Reams his ass out. Can I interrupt you? What do we know about this guy? What do we know about the superior officer? Who is he? What color is we he? We don't What's know. His last that name? information was not provided. Oh, my God. I want him so badly to be a black lesbian Jew. <laughs> I don't think it was that. Oh, God. All right. So, go ahead. He brings him back in. He brings him back, reams him out. Okay. Before you know it, that commander then takes a few days off from leave. The event was canceled, and the, I guess, the unit or whatever has a other type of Thanksgiving event instead. No costumes required. Okay. And that was the story. Did the Indian costume require him in any way to wear chaps or a jockstrap? <laughs> I don't know. Because okay. you got to put it on a scale to me, you know? Um, I'm trying to gauge where I should be offended the most. But to that commanding officer, we say, Oh, God. Like, how did he get to be in a position of commanding other people as is sort of... Uh, indicated by his name, command to somebody, without knowing that this was a bad idea. Yeah. How did he get there? Because I'm sure there are other evangelical Christians like him in the military. Is this an evangelical Christian thing? Well, he was... You're nodding. Well, the service member who complained described him as an evangelical Protestant. All right. I know evangelical Protestants. You know evangelical Protestants. Yes. Not all of them. Are this dense? No. Are this blind? Are but this, this is a person who's in a position of authority who thinks that he can propagate his and extend his beliefs then onto his subordinates without question or fear of reprimand. Which, and my question to that, which I agree with is how and why? How did he get there? Why did he get there? Who was responsible? Who's responsible for advancing it? Ah, Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> we solved it. That's the, that's the answer. Uh, it's just, how do you get to a position in the military of over other people without the basic... Uh, 
I, I don't know. It's, it just seems so obvious. You would think. Who is this guy? Is this the first time he's done this? He's a commander, which means he's been a grunt. He's been, you know, he's worked his way up to a certain position. Of course. Was he was he admitted into the military as a commander? We don't know. We I said there's I, not information. I, 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 not but this is this seems to me like something that is should in, be taken care of institutionally. This should never have happened, right? Because the institution weeds it out before it could. It sh- well, it should be weeded uh, out, but uh, yeah, it's well, obviously I'm t- not. I'm telling you where I'm thinking from, and yeah, I'm a little appalled by the fact that the American military let this get to a point where, like I said, there will be there will be, there will be no need for the military religious freedom foundation if this wasn't occurring on a yeah. regular basis. You yeah. know, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Now, military religious freedom, I think, to, to at some point becomes contradictory. You can't say you don't want to fight on a Friday night. You can't say you don't want to cut your hair because you have to wear it. In those that's, those are different issues. Those you know what I'm saying? But, but yes, to a certain degree, this, I think, is beyond religious freedom. This is, this is a base, horrific... This is horrible. Yeah. You dress as a... You dress as an Indian. Unless... He was specifically instructed to wear a jockstrap or chaps. <laughs> in which he would have been redeemed by the costume in what I assume to be a spectacular ass. <laughs> which may be my own uh, sort of uh, coming through. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe. Well, now for the group of stupid people. And this all happened in one day. <coughs> oh, I know what this is. First, it starts with a House Republican. I think his name was Burchett. He had voted for uh, Congressman McCarthy's ouster as House Speaker. And I guess he was doing an interview in the basement. And I guess McCarthy bumped into him. And he claimed that McCarthy intentionally elbowed him in the kidney. Tell the rest of the story. Go ahead. Well, McCarthy, later on, when questioned about it, said, I didn't do that. It was an accident or whatever. He goes... If I'd have hit him, he'd be on the ground. It's like, oh, wow, that's so brave of you. Uh, and then, of course, Matt Gates, another congressman, he got wind of all this. So he filed an ethics complaint against McCarthy based on this incident. Hold on. <laughs> My understanding is that there was an NPR recorder, uh, reporter. Yeah, it was, this guy, Burchett, was being interviewed. In the hallway. Yes. Who saw it happen. Okay, I don't know that part. She's an NPR reporter. She was in the hallway, which Kevin, Kevin? McCarthy explains as a very tight, narrow hallway. Right. But has been otherwise explained as able to accommodate four people side by side. Okay. Which is not huge. No. Uh, but allows for space between um, fucking and a fucking elbow to the kidneys. Right. I think he did it. I think he did it. The NPR reporter said he did it. He, she saw him do it. She was there at the time. Uh, I believe in NPR. Maybe that's my mistake. Uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Um, yeah. So I think he did it. I do. I think he did it. Well, that's only one thing that happened on Tuesday. Later on that day, there was a, a hearing, I guess, in which Congressman um, Green... Oh, God. You know, I can't think of her first name right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But anyway, I guess she was bringing... She was making Marjorie a, Taylor. That's it. Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor. Marjorie Taylor Green. She's the blonde. I guess we, we hate her. Yes. Well, I guess she made a motion to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. I love this. 
But I guess she wasn't following procedure. Well, she didn't know. So another Republican congressman, Daryl Issa, uh, basically said that she lacked maturity and experience to understand the process. So she called him a pussy on the House floor. Marjorie Taylor Greene. (laughs) Yes. Owner of a pussy. Let's be be real. Let's talk about the language. (laughs) There she is standing with one and using the term to degrade a man. Yes. Then there was another House hearing cheered by James Comer looking into Biden, of course, and everything. And I guess this Democratic congressman, I don't know if he was testifying as a witness, was just part of the committee. And he raises the point because Comer is raising this whole thing about this loan between Biden and his brother. Right, 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 right. So this congressman, Jared Moskowitz, brings up, well, you had a loan between you and your brother. It's the same thing. Right. So Comer had a whole meltdown at the hearing, called Moskowitz a smurf, because he was wearing a blue suit at the time. I love this. <laughs> this is... Go on, go to the And then, yes, the, 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 the creme, the cherry on top. This is the big one. There's a Senate hearing. Yeah, there is. And there's a Senate Republican named Mullen. Right. And he's questioning this witness, uh, who is the president of the Teamsters, named O'Brien. Say that again. Who is he? Senator Mullen. No, no, no. The guy who Senator Mullen is interviewing. He's questioning... Questioning. The president of the Teamsters. The who? President of the Teamsters. The Teamsters. Yes. That represents... To union. To large union. To say the least. But I guess these two have traded words on Facebook Ooh. or Twitter like two Girl, please. like two little high school girls or whatever. So Mullen basically challenged O'Brien to a fight, to a fight right there on the Senate floor. You know what it is? I called you out. I call you out. Somebody even said it. It was a dick swinging contest. I watched the hearing excerpt. Honey, let me tell you something. I okay, please. I was bullied. A dick swinging contest? Would have been a fucking pleasure. Okay? This was, I call you out. I'll see you at the tennis court at 3 o'clock. This is, this is bullying. I know, I've seen it. I know it. I recognize it. I've been there. Each one of them was a complete dick in this exchange. This is a horrific... Uh, that Bernie Sanders had to say, you're a United States senator, start acting I like know. It. The senior citizen had to intervene between these two I'm telling men. you, this is an adult. These are two adults. One of them, a sitting United States senator. Yeah. And the other one, the head of the fucking Teamsters. Teamsters. And they're sitting, no, you stand up. Well, stand up then. Yeah. You want to do it now? And I love well, stand up. Bowling gets up and he's ready to take off his wedding uh, ring. Yeah, and I'm like, getting, he's getting all the way, taking off his earrings. Getting all ready for the fucking fuck. Bitch, sit, you're a senator. Right? The fuck? And this is why, you know, people, when I talk about Trump and fascism, people say, well, you know, the laws will stop him, Congress will stop him. This party is eating itself alive. Who stopped it? Bernie Sanders. Yeah. You're a United States senator. So do you really expect a Republican-dominated Congress to stand up? Donald Trump in the future, but the people—it ain't gonna happen. The people who are gonna vote to the Republican Congress in are gonna vote to the Congress in because they say we are not gonna stand up against Donald Trump. We're gonna support him. I know. We're gonna carry his water. We're gonna lick his boots. We're gonna do whatever we need to do so you vote for us so I can keep my health care. We now move on to our next segment. Julie Andrews, take us away. Raindrops on roses. 
and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. And tonight's topic is your five favorite things about that song. The thunder, <laughs> her enunciation, the strings, the cues, the bump, bump, bump. The, the the her tone, let alone her enunciation. Things these are a few of my favorite things. I mean, Jesus, God, she's just perfect every time, we every fucking time. Ninety nine times we listen to her do that perfect every time. Every time, every time, she always gets it right. She's a professional. <laughs> yes, she is. But tonight's topic for our five faves. We have been asked to name our five favorite documentary films or series. This is an unfair thing. Why? Because I kind of live here. Okay. I watch a lot of a lot of what you may or may not call documentaries. A lot of biographies that are maybe okay. okay. Especially, I especially read biographies. Okay, I like biographies. Well, we're talking about what you we're talking about documentary films, documentary or series. films. Okay, you read Paris is burning. Paris is burning. Good choice. Yeah. That's a good documentary. Yeah. For those of you who don't are not familiar with it, it is basically the story of the New York City drag ballroom scene. The ballroom scene, which is completely different from gay. Like, and if you want to understand what this is, you got you're gonna need some to do some research. It's a subculture. It's a subculture of, of the a community. subculture. Yeah. yeah, it's an amazing piece of film. It's it such is an amazing piece of film. It kind of sad near the end. Of when course, you, when you hear some of the stories near the end, it's like wow, but. What a really an, an, an intriguing documentary. Yeah. Uh, very gay. Oh, well, yeah. It's about drag ballroom. But you know? it, it's old. It was made back in, what, the 80s, I yeah, think? Yeah, it's, it's like a pre-fucking gay is okay sort of sentimentality. It was made kind of undergroundish, shh, 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 yeah. kind of movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, and it was that underground group of people. Well, it's funny. There's an earlier documentary of some drag contest. It's all in black and white. And it's definitely made like, like, like late 60s or early 70s. Yeah, yeah, I see. What which is really intriguing, too. Uh, I wish yeah. I knew the name of it. It's yeah. amazing to watch. I wish you did, too. Oh, that's really good, too. Because those guys, you know, the bravery to be yourself. And these were black gay people in drag. Black gay people in drag in America in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Could you pick a more ignored... Uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, Paris is burning. I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. Good choice, good choice. Gay, 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 gay. My first choice, I had the list of this one because it's one of the more recent ones. It was a, it was a series. One of the most jaw-dropping entertaining, bizarre documentary series I ever saw, Tiger King. Oh, God. <laughs> if, if, if we're considering that a documentary, we're going to have no problem. Okay, okay. Uh, I didn't put it on my list. Okay. I might yet. Okay. Because I only have a couple listed. <laughs> but yeah, holy crap. That is just like Holy every episode, crap. you're like, just when you think things can get any weirder, it gets weirder. It it was just, um, that was yeah. spellbinding. Yeah. That really was. And appalling. <laughs> it was the worst human behavior it ever. Was, it was horrible. It, uh, and the yeah. fact that it was, the, that the lead character, the lead character, the lead person was a gay man too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, all Although the, I did love the video, the, the music videos he made. Oh God! <laughs> because he was an entrepreneur and experimented. Into, yeah, it is just. Well, you know what it is? It's 
Trailer Park Gay. Yeah. This is Trailer Park Gay. Yep. Yeah. We exist. We're out there. This is what we do. Yeah. So Tiger King. Tiger King. I, I, I don't All list. Right. Okay. All right. It's I, next I, on your I, list. I, I gotta say, I don't blame you. Hold <laughs> on. I gotta think I'm all drunk now. No. So uh, <laughs> things are slower because we're going through water. Liquid. <laughs> Uh, documentaries. I had this one ready. I had at least two ready. One was pa- oh, Bowling for Columbine. I almost had that on my list. I was like, it was hard for me to choose one Michael Moore film, so I didn't choose any. You kind of sort of have to include all. But of But that was the one. I, that was my top choice. Was Bowling for Columbine. That movie left me stunned. Yeah, it stunned. did. Stunned. That was the first time I saw the actual footage of inside the school. It wasn't that. It was George Bush on a golf course. Oh yeah, watch me do. Watch, watch me. me. Now watch this putt. Or yeah, watch, watch this, this drive. drive. Yeah. I was like, the the pomposity, the arrogance. Well, it's the, the same way with Fahrenheit 9-11, when they show him sitting in the, in the school classroom. Which is why I'm saying you have to include all of them together, because they don't exist alone. No, they don't. They really don't. None of them. No. Even, you know, it, it, about disparate things. They don't exist alone. No, without a doubt. He's Ken Burns, with an opinion. Yeah, because Ken Burns doesn't have an opinion. Well, conti- well, but Ken Burns does documentaries mostly on the past. Yeah, 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 yeah. Michael Moore's doing it on what's happening now, what's been happening in the past 10 years. And I tell you what I was worried about, is that a documentary? Because it's so current. It's so current, and it's also very biased. It's very biased. You know, they all of them, they're very, they show one particular they, point they, of view. They, they do. You know? It happens to be the point of view that you and I can... Uh, but I think some documentaries... Because one of my documentaries I named is definitely biased. Which one? I haven't named it yet. I'm saving it. My, it's my last one, oh. so I'm saving it for the end. Of course, you're saving it. It's like that last piece of pie. Yes. Then, number two on my list, another series, I think it was on Netflix, called Don't Fuck With Cats. You know what? That... Came across me, came across my face a couple of times, and I got to say that the title is appealing. That's what caught our eye. It was yeah. like, don't fuck with cats. What the fuck is that about? And what it was about was a bu- about a bunch of amateur sleuths who were trying to track down this young man who had posted videos of him killing cats. Okay. And he I, posted the video. He posted the video. And they were looking for him. Yes. Who are they? A bunch of people on the internet who saw these videos. On a, uh, they don't know each other. No. But they come together. They eventually come together and start looking for this don't guy. Don't fuck with cats. Okay. This guy, eventually further down the road, is arrested for murder. He was a... Can, uh, a he did, like, gay porn. He was uh, an actor, I guess. And they call them models. Okay, whatever. He lured someone on some gay website, killed the guy, dismembered the guy, filmed himself doing all this, and I think I think he posted that as well. Okay. And then they eventually were able to track down this guy and arrest him and convict him. It seems like they should have been able to do that before he got to the dismember. It, it took them. It took them a while to find him. It took them a while. Wasn't he that easy to find him? Okay. But that was like I was just intrigued from the start because it was like it was all these nobodies who. Started Started looking into this and bringing right, attention right, to this right. guy, you know. Right. So that was, I yeah, a big. I definitely recommend that one. Don't fuck with cats. So weird because it can't. Like Netflix was recommending it to me heavily. Really, it was well, on my just for you. It was on my people are watching. Oh my god! It was on my we think because you watch this, we think you'll like this. It was everywhere. It was, they Netflix tried really hard to get me to watch. Don't fuck with cats. <laughs> 
and I didn't. And I probably won't because my whole thing with cruelty to animals. Yeah. Put a baby on a spike, but leave the kitten alone. Yeah. He basically, I think in one of the videos, he puts two kittens in a plastic bag. Stop. Stop. Okay, I'll stop there. All right. So, my number three. Number three. I'm going to go... Now, I don't know if this is going to count because... It's a podcast. Well, it's not a... It's not, no, that's not But it's a documentary podcast. It's a podcast. No, it doesn't quite. It's not a film or TV series. Okay. Let me, let, me, let me jump onto one of my subscribers' things and see what I've watched recently or what they're recommending I should be watching, which I could probably get away <laughs> with because... No, you can't get away with one you're going to watch. That's really one good. that you did watch. Uh, okay. You got one. The George Michael thing. That was very good. That was a very good documentary. That was really good. Yeah, that really was good. It was a really nice. It was a nice tribute to his career and to him. He was a sweetheart. Yeah, he really was, and he was so hot. Oh, oh my, my god, he was gorgeous. He was a gorgeous-looking man in those shorts from when he was young. In man, man, when he got older, he's still this handsome, sexy man. You Make know, my tongue hard. You don't even know. So what's your next one? Let me see. That was number three for you. Oh, my third one is actually going to be a mirror of my fourth one. My third one is Woodstock. Okay, that's fair. Did you ever? Have you ever seen? I it? have seen it. I love that film. I tell you what, it is boring as fuck. Well, it it basically films the whole concert. Yeah. I mean, you don't see all the full performances. No. But you see a lot of it. Yeah. And it doesn't just cover the concerts. It covers the the people attending it yeah. and what they're all doing, which is where the naked people out in the the water and stuff. That's where it the gets people who lived in the town and yeah. their reactions to all of it. I found it's it put you there in in the events. It was too. We're looking at you. It was it was the camera was too mm. too what prevalent too obvious too. Well, it, it was right there. Yeah. you know? it covered everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was boring. See, I well, I was totally intrigued by it the whole time. There were two. There was too much time. Where it was just like, all right. So they they lived in the mud for three. Days. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay. Okay. Lots of drugs. No, I see. I sucked. It. I got sucked right into it. Yeah, I thought you gave me the total I, feel of being. You know what the other there. thing is? I wasn't at the time I saw it. Not as interested in the music. Okay. See, I was. I always loved that. Yeah. Music. You, yeah. You would have gone right for that. Exactly. That's right on my eye. Yeah, right no. my alley. Now, had you put Janet Jackson, Dinosaur, and Bubba Streisand <laughs> on that stage, I'd be able to give you set lists. Now, they had been one of the later Woodstocks. Yeah, there were a couple of Woodstocks. Right. Nothing I, like I the know original. Which one you meant. But yeah, Woodstock, good movie. So that's my number three. What's your number four? I had it in my head just now. Hold on. You talk about Woodstock, and I thought, oh my God, that's about... Okay, so let's go with... Um... Jesus, I can't... Be... You know what? It's so hard, because I... If I watch anything... Are there any documentaries about musicals that you've liked? There, there was one... <laughs> there was one... That was something about refrigerators. The title was something about refrigerators. I tell you, it was about um, the what used to be known as the um, industry shows. Okay. My dryer is upstairs. I can't remember what it was called, but it was about the the amount of time and attention and and the company. The, I'm going to go with the company. Company. The recording of the company soundtrack as my number four disc. As my number four. Uh, has not, the two have nothing to do with each other. I changed I'm mid-course. totally confused what you're talking about. Okay. So let's start again. What's your number four choice for favorite documentary? The recording of the company 
uh, soundtrack. Oh, you mean the musical company? The recording of the musical soundtrack okay. for company. Okay. Why don't you try to Now I understand. Have you ever seen the parody of Elaine Stritch? Oh, yes, I have. The parody is great. Yes, I have. Oh, my and God. Yes, it is. <laughs> Her, she's a parody in it. Yeah, she Live. is. She's right? a parody. Yeah. She's just... Uh, yeah, it's Elaine at her worst. Why don't you try singing it this time, Elaine? Which could only come from a passive-aggressive queer Jewish guy in the sound booth. Yes. Because uh, she, he's out of his reach. Uh, he's out of her reach. <laughs> yeah, uh, too much. Way too much. Okay, good number four. Good number four. My number four, like I said, is the mirror of my number three. It's Gimme Shelter. I don't know. It's a documentary of the Rolling Stones concert held at the Altamont Raceway at the end of 1970. It was, it was being called the West Coast Woodstock. And it was they barely... stop trying to do that. It was barely it organized. Well, it was barely organized. The Hells Angels were in charge of security, and they got wildly drunk and were abusing not only the crowd, but some of the performers. Okay. And the concert ended when someone got shot. Okay. At the concert. Well, that's a good end. But it's like the opposite of Woodstock. You watch Woodstock first, then watch this. I was like, oh my God, what happened in that yeah, time yeah. period? I'm looking through my documentaries that I've seen. Don't fuck with cats. Well, not that I've seen. Uh, document docu-series that they recommend for me. And I don't fuck with cats is like the third one in. <laughs> like they're trying to say to me, yo, bitch, watch this show. So do you have a fifth and final choice yet? I do. I do. I'm just deciding <coughs> between things. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, Because, like, I, the fucking podcast thing is such a good, like, it tells the story so well, and it's such a horrifying story, and it's so beautiful. Oh, okay. Anything that relates to Studio 54 and and what's his name and the guy Angel who we killed and the guy with the drugs. You're talking about, I think it's called Monster. I think it's called. There's also a Mike Netflix. about Michael Alec. Michael Alec. Yeah. Right. Because there was the fictional fictionalization of it with Macaulay Culkin. There's also. But it's based on a documentary film about that. There's also on Netflix. Something called Studio 54, which goes into the same... I mean, yes. this has the, the cop breaking in on yeah. that beautiful But there is morning. a separate documentary that covers... Just the, him. Yeah. Just Michael. Michael, Michael Alec and the whole crowd. Alec, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that that whole thing, I don't know why. but And again, I've seen a couple of different documentaries, series, okay. about him and this. Okay. And who's the other guy? There was him and there was the other guy who just wanted to be in the shadows of Count I don't remember. I can't remember. There were two name. of them, yeah. St. James. There was something St. No, James. No, St. James was one of the club kids. Right. Michael had a partner. Well, yeah, the guy who owned the limelight. Peter Gatian, whatever his name was. Gatian? That may be it. Yeah, that was it. That well, was Mike, it. While Michael was in jail. And the whole thing is just, the whole thing is just amazing. How he got to where he got through mud. Yeah, he was nothing, he was never anything more than a, than a worm. Like, he was just this, ah, ah. And, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, that was your fifth and final choice. Yeah, I'm going to stay comfortably with Studio 54. Okay. My fifth and final choice, well, before I give it, I have to give an honorable mention to the first documentary series I ever watched 
called The World at War. It was a British film series. It was narrated by Laurence Olivier. World War II or what? It was about the history of World War II. It was about, I don't know how many episodes. It was so many. But that's where I first learned about World War II and everything. The Holocaust. They have a whole episode just dedicated to the Holocaust. My dad wouldn't even watch it with me. But yeah, so I had to get an honorable mention to that series. That's on YouTube also. You can find episodes of that. But my fifth and final choice is a nine and a half hour documentary called Shoah. I thought you were going to say sleep. <laughs> no, And I was sleep. going to stand up and strangle you in the chair. <laughs> but it wasn't sleep. It was Shoah. It was Shoah, which I don't know. It's a documentary by a Frenchman named Claude Lonsman. It's basically a documentary about the Holocaust. The way he films it, he interviews survivors, participants, people who lived in the towns where the extermination camps were set up, also historians and experts to fill in other information. A lot of it, the way it's filmed, it'll have the people narrating, the people being interviewed narrating about one of the camps, and he'll be f filming the location and what's there now, currently. Some of them are like, Auschwitz is still there. Some yeah. of them are just empty fields. Isn't like the arch... Work means freedom. Freedom in work. That that, in, that entrance way to Auschwitz. That's yeah. still there. Yeah, right. That's still but there. But it's all overgrown. Oh no, it's maintained. That's all part oh, of yeah. it. It's, it's it's maintained as a museum now. Okay. But Lonsman, he he got he was a little controversial for this because he interviewed this one Nazi officer who worked at the extermination camps. Uh, paid him for his interview. Promised he wouldn't film him. And wouldn't use his real name. And the director disavowed all of that. He's like, what's he going to do? He's a Nazi. He ain't going to do anything to me. And there's even one scene where he interviews... I wouldn't say interview. He goes to this German bar where this former SS officer was working as a bartender. And this officer was responsible for getting the materials to build the extermination camps. All right. He went to, he went to prison for like four years or eight years. And Lanzemann, the director, tries to interview him at his job. At one point, he pulls a photograph out. He's like, do you recognize this man? He goes, wasn't this Christian Worth your superior officer? Oh, God. And at that point, he did, the guy just walks away. He wouldn't say anything to this guy at all. So, yeah, he got some controversy for that. But this... But Overall, this documentary, I watched it. I happened to have the flu, and I watched it over a weekend on PBS. It was, I was amazed by it. I was truly amazed by it. You watch a PBS, you're just getting brainwashed. You're a leftist. <laughs> so that was, that's my number one choice for favorite documentary. Yeah. And that you can also find on YouTube. I can find a clip for it on our bonus materials. You could do that. I'll probably do it for all the documentaries that we mentioned. You might could. Well, yes, I could. There'll be a long one. Yes, it will. There's a lot of clicking. Yes, it is. <laughs> anyway, we now come up to our final segment. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. Yes, it's time for the grumpy old game and gripe of the week. And what is your gripe this week, Tomas? I got... Just don't be a dick. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? From situation to situation. And yes... It may be that you pay attention more than once a day. But from situation to situation, judge what the dick move would be. And then don't do that. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, like, I do. Some people are just dicks, and that's the way it is. Yes. But from, like, 
I always put it as there are two kinds of people in the world. There are dicks, and there are people who do not think they are dicks, who are the biggest dicks in the world. That So I'm a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, you're not you're not paying attention. And that bothers me. That, okay. that just is like, especially with adults. Kids, kids can say anything they want to me. I don't give a fuck. You're a fucking kid. Go away. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? And I encourage them to be as sassy as they want to. It shows me something about their personality when they're free enough to be sassy. But adults, God, you just really, like, you you had to choose to be this dick. Yes. And that bothers me. That's that. What is it about somebody that makes them choose that course? It bothers me. Well, okay. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. It bothers me. Okay. I don't like it. Okay. All right. That's did, my gripe. Did anything happen in particular that precipitated this gripe? Yes. Do you care to enlighten us? No. Any reason why not? Yes. <laughs> Can you tell us what that reason is? No. At this point, I highly recommend we move on to your gripe of the week. And that's exactly what we'll do. Good advice. My gripe of the week is I am sick of the trivial bullshit that passes as news. If I have to read any more about fucking Travis Kels and what's her name? I have no idea. Taylor Swift. Okay. I'm going to fucking vomit. Wait, hold on. Who and Taylor Swift? Football player Travis Kels. Travis Kels. And he's in a relationship with Taylor Swift. Football or soccer? He's so, he's football. American football? Yes. Do you know what team? I have no idea. I don't follow football. I'm just asking. You do I don't follow the story at all. And here but we are. But every day, it's posted up in the fucking news something about them. It's like, I don't need to... Who... Yeah, I'm sure there are people who are genuinely interested in this right, bullshit. Right, 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 But it's like, there are so many other fucking important things going on in the world, and this is what you're posting. That's like the other day, um, I forget what site it was, I'm reading about the, the people talking about Chris Pines wearing short shorts now. It's like, who the fuck gives a shit? Me. I clicked on that. <laughs> of course you did! He's got good thighs. I'm sure he does. He's a handsome, sexy man. Yes, I very much like him to warm my ears. With his thighs. With his thighs. Of course. You know what it seems to me? You have a problem with just being able to ignore things. Just to let certain things go by. If that, like, you know what really bothers me? Some, some things that really, really bother me, I see them and I decide. Because I have to decide. I have to not, I have to force myself. This is where you and I are alike. I have to force myself not to respond. Okay. Where we're different is that... I succeed more than you do. Probably. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard. But it's I, like, I had to tell you. The average person, if you ask them about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelce, they can tell you about them. If you ask them what was going on the the Russia-Ukraine war, they'd be like, huh? And That's that, what's sad. But that doesn't has always been. You're just seeing it. I know. This, I know. It's just, it's been really annoying because I'm just constant every fucking day. I got to tell you, I, I, it's there. I, you know, I see, I see. They use her name a lot more often, I think. Well, of course, she's the, she's the she, big star. She's the biggest star. That she's having the... I, 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 there's, there's, there's Prince Harry and Markle shit that's there for me. Uh, the, that's, where I, like, that's where I satisfy my absolute thirst okay. for that inane, pointless celebrity drama. 
I'm not a fan of Taylor Swift. Neither am I. I'm a backup Prince Harry as far as I can. I'm a, I, I'm not. I'm on the fence about Meghan, but Prince Harry, yeah. So I get it. I understand why that obsession is there, but I and I also understand why it's really annoying when you don't share that obsession that is seemingly shared endlessly. I just think that there are more important things to know about. Absolutely, the world. there are. You know, and, but people would rather read that shit. You know what, Patrick? It's um, I'm not as fucked up as Meghan Markle is. <laughs> you know, she got yeah. It's Christmas time now. King Charles is going to be 75, so there's going to be a party. In I know we're going to be hearing all about that. Then are now. they going? Of course, yeah. I know. Uh, like, they who being, the fuck cares? Yeah, and, and and Prince Harry loved, always loved the Christmases at Sandringham. Uh, and I is don't he prepared? To, care. I do. I don't. I do. I don't give a fuck about Taylor Swift. But if is Harry going to the party? Are they gonna do Christmas? What are they gonna do? I gotta know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I get the I, I get the impulse to be that sort of celebrity stalker. Um, but I also understand how annoying it is when it's celebrities you're not interested in. I mean, there are some herbs many people I admire and. I'll read biographies about them, but I'm not going to read every little fucking thing about them that's posted in People magazine, you know? Yeah. That's just the type of person you are. I guess so. Because, you know, the Inquirer, People magazine... Well, no, no, the National Enquirer is a whole different story. Okay, but but, <laughs> but they're selling enough, or they're, they're getting enough income to continue. I mean, National Enquirer, I missed that. I wish they'd bring that back. I need more Batboy stories. Batboy. <laughs> Fucking Batboy. Yes, he got reported into a musical. He was in everything. Like, he was a time boy. traveler. He did everything, yeah, Batboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy with the claw hands. Right? Yeah, there was always that, like, 15 human deformities that'll yes. and amaze you. Or Hitler established a space colony in Mars. <laughs> <laughs> See, I miss good fake yeah, news like yeah. that. Yeah, children. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this brings us to the conclusion of this week's episode. What time is it? It's late. We're going to be letting you go. I can tell you now we're going to be splitting this episode in half, and we'll post the second half of this episode during Thanksgiving week, because we will not be here Thanksgiving week to record, because... It's Thanksgiving week. Okay, so here's what happened. The last time you split an episode into two sections... Yes. It was jarring at the beginning because there was no Hey Bitches. Oh, okay. So I'd like to now deliver next week's Hey Bitches. You'll have Bye Bitches. Actually, could you just cut one in? I'll cut one in. Yeah, I'll cut one in because yeah, I'm tired now. <laughs> I don't want to do another Hey Bitches and then I turn right into a Bye Bitches. It's, uh, so cut one in, yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'm all for the I'm all for the week off. Okay. But that delays episode 100. Yes, episode 100 will be recording on November 29th, and it will be released on December 1st. Now, now I got to ask questions. Yes. What's happening? I have no idea yet. I have an idea. Oh no! What's your idea? I think we should invite Michelle Riley okay. and Stephen Wagner. Well, why? Because they are the only two people that we know okay. that responds to the podcast. Okay. So yes, maybe it would be a good idea to have two listeners come and talk about the, sh about the show. Here's the problem. You don't know Michelle. <laughs> no which I is don't. not really a problem because... It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it certainly doesn't matter to Michelle. You and her would uh, probably... 
be having Christmas together. She has a thing for drunk Irishmen. <laughs> now, Stephen Wagner. 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 This is an interesting thing because if he is who I remember him to be, which, yes. which was a stage manager at the time with me doing something at Paul. Well, I've acted in several shows with him. It has been decades since I have seen this person. He will remember me as a redhead with a flat stomach. <laughs> Boy, will he be shocked when he sees you now. That's no joke. <laughs> that is no joke. But I think, because there's so few people who listen. And there are even fewer. What do you mean there are so few people that listen? Can I finish? We have over 6,000 downloads. There are fewer who respond in real time. Well, that's us. a whole different story. People don't, people don't generally post comments or respond. Now, I'm thinking if you invite John and 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 what's his name the kid with the ass out east with the girlfriend and <laughs> Sheila and Ernie they were here at the 50th we are at the 50th but this way it'd be different to have two listeners come in for yeah. the 100th yeah uh, so know, maybe we'll do that then. people are busy yes. Michelle's a straight person with children she's busy okay because her oldest just turned 25 I don't know how the fuck that happened but there it is so okay. 23 uh, yeah because they have parents you know Stephen Wagner has a life yes Wagner Wagner. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same guy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank my husband and producer, Stephen, for all that he does. All that he does. Yes, including transporting your fat ass. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> because why don't we experiment with a fucking Zoom call? The world is revolving and advancing now with Zoom. Because I can barely keep you focused on the topic at hand when you're in person. Do you think I would do any better at that if you were doing a Zoom link? No. <laughs> Thank you. But I think that the fault lies with you. <laughs> oh, my, it's my fault. <laughs> But you go off on tangents. Yes, because all you have to do is ignore the tangent and stare at where we are. <laughs> and when I'm done with my tangent, they all end. Let's oh be honest. God. They all end. So when the tangent ends, for you to just say, he's done. This is where we were. I'm going to pick it up and go. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems to me like, especially since you have everything fun written, you're taking notes. What are you doing with the steno pad? What are you doing with the steno pad? What notes are you taking? I wrote down your five faves. Why? Because when I post the bonus material, I need the names of the documentaries so I know what clips to find, you dickhead. Okay, that's reasonable. Okay. But what I'm saying is you have, your plan is scripted, you're written. Like, you could just go back and say, all right, well, I'm going to cut that craziness, and uh, we'll pick it up here. You have to get mad at me. No, but then you'll come back to me the following week. Oh, why did you cut that section out? I have done that. Yes, you have. I have done that. So I, I'm in a no-win situation here. It's my Kobayashi Maru. That's true. There was something last week that you left out that I was like, fuck you, bitch. I don't remember what it was. I only listened to last week's episode of once. Oh! What was the thing with the that Stephen brought up? I don't remember. Yeah, it was there was something about remember. time zones. Oh no, don't bring up the time zones again! We're not gonna go through that again. We're signing off. Okay, I don't I, I don't know I don't remember the time zone thing. Good, good. Clearly you're responding poorly, so I'm gonna assume Because the discussion didn't go well the last time. Yeah. So few do though. Yes, we know. Okay, I'll be quiet until I cue. <laughs> anyway, you can find all of our episodes plus 
bonus material at www.grumpyoldgameandtheirdogs.com. And you can follow our postings on Facebook and on Twitter. And I think that's it for this week. Like I said, we'll have be splitting this episode in two, so you'll have part two of this episode next week, which you'll already know because you'll only hear this in the second half of this episode. And then we'll have a brand new episode released on December 1st. So until then, have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches.